Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 142 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Fight Back Mountain with Fatima. Uh, you might have heard them before on this podcast. I've played their old tracks a couple times, but that's a new one. Uh, they're a really cool band out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Missouri. Uh, what's the correct way to say that? Is it Missouri or Missouri? Mizzou? Man, lots of questions. Um, anyway, <laughs> Fight Back Mountain. They got this song, uh, Fatima, that you just heard. Officially, I believe it comes out uh, October 16th, but a little sneak preview for you here on Getting It Out Podcast. So if, you, if you're into that band, uh, be on the lookout. It'll be on Spotify, Bandcamp, you know, all the, all the streaming services. So uh, be sure to look them up. Okay, so what else is going on in this episode? A lot, all right? This episode, the main event is an interview with Dave Smalley. Okay, wait, the original main event was an interview with Dave Smalley. Uh, Dave Smalley is a, is a name that I assume if you listen to this podcast, you probably are at least well aware of. Um, he, DYS, Dag Nasty, Down by Law, all. Now, don't sleep. He's done his own things. He's done just solo acoustic Dave Smalley stuff. He's done Dave Smalley and the Bandoleros. It's all, all sorts of uh, projects, but always the vocalist and uh, one of the most distinct voices in uh, punk rock and hardcore history, in my opinion, at least. It's pretty. You can't really argue that, but, uh, but you can try. Um, so after I recorded that interview with Dave, I thought, that's a little short. It was on the shorter side, you know, and I thought I should put something else in here. Maybe maybe I should get Akil from Up the Blunks podcast and end it to jump on and uh, talk, just fill us in on what's going on with Up the Blunks uh, over on Hard Times and what's happening with uh, Baltimore's best hardcore band right now, End It. And uh, so we did that too, but then we ended up talking for way longer because we're friends and, you know, that's how it goes. So... This kind of became a longer than usual two for one episode, and that's fine with me because uh, the, both these conversations were cool, and I'm glad to share them with you. So, without further ado, the greatest crossover thrash band um, ever from New Jersey, Hot Zone. Yeah, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious Hot Zone back at it again with another podcast intro. You said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Get It Out podcast? All right, so here we are. I'm not going to take up a lot of time with my usual spiel that happens at this point in the episode. Um, lots to talk about, of course. We had another wonderful debate on TV this week, and uh, you know that's that was a thing that happened. So uh, we we could get all into that, but we're not gonna because we we care about our mental health or something. I don't. I'm, I'm just trying to avoid it. Um, but let's just let's just go straight. Let's go straight into. My conversation with Akil, and uh, that's it.
that motherfucking soldiers had bunk ass yeah, shit one time. Yo. What's up? Not much. What's up, Kareem? Well, I gotta tell you, I just got this guy out of my house. He was uh, he was in here doing some tile work for us, so like I'm real happy about that, and he did a good, great job. But he just kept telling me things, and it just gets a little overwhelming. And I started I started realizing I was getting aggravated at him, and you know, he had to go, and hey, I need to talk to you. I knew and something it, was up because you texted me and said I just got this bozo out my house. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, he's been here for like two days. Like he's been like a, an hour late the last two days, and that 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 bothers the shit out of me, right? Don't tell me you're gonna be at my house and then be here an hour late, and. But he's doing, but he's doing a good job. But he, uh, but he, but he, but he likes to cut me off and like talk to me like he's teaching me stuff. And I'm not here for a lesson. I'm at my house. Mm, don't you fucking hate? Don't you fucking hate that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I really You're do. You're not my dad. And yeah. I can be honest, I kind of hate my dad. So don't fucking dad me. <laughs> exactly. I'm paying you to be here, which involves you not telling me extra things. Just, just put the tile on the floor. Right, just put the towel on the floor. You know, we can talk about football. We can talk about a multitude of things. But don't try to act like because you're older than me, you're going to teach me something, you fuck. You obviously haven't learned about having a better job. <laughs> that's un- that's unfair. That man probably makes more money than I do, but that's all right. You know, that's all right. I mean, maybe. Maybe, but, you know, who gives He's a shit? He's also a criminal for not paying his taxes. <laughs> Are you paying him cash? Oh no 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 no! He's got a he, he wants he wants cash, but I think we have to get, get go through a credit card just to uh just because that's more convenient for me. Give him a fucking traveler's check. <laughs> it's get get real complicated. Uh huh. Well, what's up, Curly? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. Um, Hell yeah. You, what about you? you? I mean, I, I've been listening to you a lot lately, so so I feel like I'm up on what's happening with the keel, but maybe not. What's happening with you? It's wild how many people want to hear this dumb shit come out of my brain. Um, things are fine. I don't really got much to complain or brag about. Fuck Corona. That's pretty. That's pretty middle of the road. That was that was pretty basic. That, that was very. Uh, that, that was very. Uh, I was just watching uh, Mike Pence and Kamala Harris talk, and you sound just like them. Very political, right down the middle of the road, right. I mean, that's how we go. I was actually so I was watching that right, like a little bit before you called. And yeah. I was like, this is going to sound crazy, but I don't care. I would much rather Mike Pence be the president because, like, yeah, his politics suck. But at least the filter that it, com- excuse me, that it comes through is more presidential than like, this wild, cooked-up asshole we got. Absolutely. To- totally agree. I hate them both. But, uh, and, and that guy seems like a weirdo that l- likes his mom, like, too much. But... But he, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, what I mean, like, yeah, he's, she's like, he would not be opposed to his mother tucking him in. Like, and telling him he loves yeah, him. if if his mom and his wife get in an argument, he takes his mom's side. You know, he definitely sides <laughs> with his mom every time. Yeah, but but While rubbing her shoulders. He's like, you know, she got the she got the fucking blood pressure. Stop it. <laughs> she's got a point, though. You know, yeah, yeah. I can, you can be kind of a cunt, Gina. I don't know if Mike Pence's <laughs> wife's name is Gina, but for all intents and purposes, well, probably there's probably an R in front. There's probably real Gina, but that's but that's all right, you know. <laughs> but okay, so 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 I, t- I mean, you know why I wanted to talk to you. Uh, people who are going to hear this might not understand it yet, but um, you you came on the podcast with me back at the like last episode of last year, I think it was, and we were just talking about end it. And uh, when we were talking, uh, bullshitting on there, we, t- we mentioned 
I'm not going to say I inspired you to do what you did now. I'm not going to say that at all. I mean, it's quite a coincidence, but I'm not going to say I was the inspiration in your life for anything. But uh, we talked about you, how you need to do a podcast, and and you you did in fact get that going. And uh, oh wow, yeah, I haven't I haven't spoken to you since uh, since I established my own. Well, a podcast was established for me, and then I joined one. Where, tell, tell me about that. What happened? How did, how did this? What, what, we're obviously talking about up the blunks, and where did up the blunks come from? And how'd you get involved with this? So let me give you the rundown. And I All keep right. telling this fucking tale because it's actually kind of cool. So the, the the other person I do up the blunks with is my man Kevin Titt. Shout out uh, Chill Parents, P Lyle, his two bands that he uh, I believe Kevin plays bass in both those bands and sings in one. So the dude Kevin. Kevin's a comedian. Yeah. He came up to Baltimore to uh, do a couple sets for the Baltimore Comedy Festival. And in between doing his sets, we happened to play with Turnstile at the Why Not Lot. Which is a place, right? All right, so look, I know that's an outside place, but people say, like you just said, like the Why Not Lot, like that's a place that anybody would know. I never heard of the fucking Why Not Lot. What was happening there? Why were you playing in the apartment? By the time the Why Not Lot was established, you had had Mazzy and fucking grew up. So, also, uh, to interject, how your daughter? Oh, she's she's fantastic. Actually, she's got two teeth pulled today, so she's a little sad, but she's all right. Oh, shit. Hell yeah, that's good to hear, though. Because getting teeth pulled means she got insurance and parents were so anyway, yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so fucking the why not lot is right there. You remember wind up space? It sure do. Yeah. It's right next to wind up. So we're playing with turnstile. Why not? Uh, DDM and truth cult. Truth cult played. We featured truth cult on one of the first episodes. That's a cool band. I just, I just listened to that LP a couple weeks ago and I feel like I was late to them, uh, because it's got some people in it that I know, uh, but but damn, I didn't realize how I didn't realize how good that band was when I listened to that record. I think it's I think it's on Popwig. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I love that fucking. I will. I do got to give it to the district. I have a lot to say about DC, and most of it ain't positive. But that DC sound that like nobody else did that. You know what I mean? Like there's right. that certain sound you hear that's like that Fugazi egg hunt. That's that DC noise. You know what I mean? Anyway, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Now, it's going to be hard for you to get this story off because I'm going to keep interrupting you because you just can't drop things in there and like uh-huh. reference Egg Hunt because people talk about Egg Hunt way too much. That was a band with like two fucking songs and now and, and some people put it on a t-shirt. It's got an album cover with, where it looks like a cat looking out of a ceiling or something. And, now, and, uh, isn't that Ian hanging out a drop ceiling? I don't know. It looks like a cat. It's the same way a cat. my cat looks down the stairs. It's, it's just, you know, and... and, and it's it's weird as much as like you know I'll I'll like I'll get rock hard for Madball and shit like that but that whole nation of Ulysses Discord DC sound I love it because it's only pertaining to the Mid Atlantic. That's true. That's true. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 keep going. Let's keep going. You're right. You're right. So I personally I I, I can say I've sat in on YouTube and like there's bands I love like I ain't never listened to Open Mouth Kiss all the way through and I love Leeway. But I would well, that's def- a struggle. definitely listen to some fucking egg hunt. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I, uh, that's fair. I, all right. Cause, yeah, we gotta because otherwise we'll, we can fucking nerd on this shit all night. Absolutely. So Kevin came up to play the motherfucking uh, to gig for the Baltimore Comedy Festival, and he watched end it because that show was free. It was an outdoor show, and it was free. And our dumbasses ain't bring no merch. We just, we were just like, oh, you want us to play? We'll show up. We'll play. 
So yeah. we're playing the show, and, you know, I'm on stage doing my thing. I think we had a pint of Evan Williams on stage. And mind you, I just got in from Chicago that morning. So, like, I left the airport, went home, used the restroom, changed my shoes, and then started preparing to play the show, which means oh, I started drinking. Back up. Why, why did you change your shoes? Because I think the shoes I had, you know, like, if you want to jump around the shit, you got to have the right shoes on. Well, you got like traveling shoes? Were you wearing, uh, you know, like slides or something? Were you wearing slippers? What were you doing? Yeah, I'll say, I probably, knowing me, I probably had on like some Converse, not Converse, I probably had on like some Canvas Vans or something. And if I'm a play, shit, what shoes did I have on? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> no, I probably had on some fucking Doc Martens and was like, I got to take these boots off and put something else on. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, you need to, you need to, yeah. You, you wear docks for 24 hours. Ain't that much skinhead in the fucking world. Your fucking no, feet hurt. No, you Yo, wear them. Yeah, they're 30, awful, awful no shoes. Hurt that bad. Yeah, feet are terrible. Feet are terrible? Yeah. <laughs> People say being paralyzed is a death sentence, and I'm like, I don't know, man. You save a lot of wear and tear on your shoes. At any rate, that was horrible, yeah. and I should have my ass kicked. So, <laughs> Kevin came up, and we, uh, so I'm on stage doing my thing, and apparently I said a joke that said, I met guys. That nigga smell like fish. And Kevin loved it. For some reason, he loved it so much that he wanted to do a podcast with me. Well, I can tell that he loved it that much because I think he mentions that joke like every episode. And that's not it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. That's it's, literally it's, the or, that is our origin story. Like, yeah. So also during that set, I said the phrase, hey, can we Uber eat some cocaine to this stage? <laughs> People don't remember that one. That's hilarious. That's a good one. Yeah, that's probably the better one. That's a good but, one. Yeah. They won't deliver you cocaine through Uber Eats. You never you never know until you try, you know. I mean, if you know the right Uber guy. But yeah, right. so that yeah. happened. And then uh, it had to be George Floyd. This is going to sound horrible as a black. I don't remember which black died at the hands of the police. There's so many. Pick one. <laughs> but one died. <laughs> one died. And the hard times, because Kevin writes for the hard times. Okay. So the hard times reached out to him. And was like, hey, um, we need to save face. Would you like a podcast? And Kevin was like, shit, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, the best part about the hard times, because everything is so tongue-in-cheek and satirical, I do appreciate that I can talk about them like that and no one gets butthurt. Right. Because right. That's, that's the part of satire and comedy. I mean it, but I don't really. But they hollered at Kevin and asked him uh, would he like to do a podcast. And he said the first person he thought of was me. And here we are. What, are we eight episodes deep now? You are. You're eight <laughs> episodes in. And I, have, I haven't listened to the eighth one yet with, what's her name, Regina? Is that? With uh, Serena. Serena. Sorry. We were yeah. talking about Regina's, and now i am just got Regina's on the mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I haven't listened to that I'm one sure yet. You know, Rena, we've, I'm sure we've all, I know for a fact we've all partied in the same room. Oh, I'll pro- probably. Uh, you know, th- those years are quite hazy, though. Button. Um, but so 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 I've been listening to like I said to, to pretty much all of it so far, and uh, I knew you'd be good at this. You knew you'd be good at this. Has this gone as well as you'd hope? Well, fuck. Well, hold on, I want to get a one. You had uh, Chappelle Lacey on, on there for two episodes, not just yeah. one, but two episodes. That's you know that's not a small name. That's a, he's a he's a damn pretty damn big comedian, a black punk community com- comedian apparently too, which I I never knew, never would have known. Uh, I've heard him on Rogan. I've heard him on, uh, or no, I've heard him mention on Rogan. I heard him on, uh, you know, Fighter and the Kid recently. Like, so this is this ain't just like a small time guy. And, they, and then he is talking to you guys. What's up with that? 
So, like, apparently him and Kevin had, uh, they did a weekend, I believe, doing comedy gigs and found out, you know, they're both black, they're punks, and, uh, you know, we got the hard times back, and Kevin and him, I guess, established a good rapport when they worked together. He reached out to Chappelle, and we just ended up with an episode. And it's funny you would mention that once I, because I didn't know the dude. I yeah. just knew he was a comedian, he black, cool. And then I looked up his resume, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's cool. So that's good company to have. Yeah, always. It's always. And, and, and you know, it gets surprising for me, myself from doing this. When you, when, you, when you find yourself having a conversation with people, I don't know, that you you, you never thought you'd uh, – not necessarily you wouldn't think you would talk to, but uh, you wouldn't think you would get along with. I don't know. It's, and, and, and hearing the conversation between you two and him, obviously you guys have a lot in common. And I know that's what Up the Blunks is kind of focused on. It's it's, it's, it's all about being black and punk, right? That's the whole the you whole premise. Black, you gotta be a punk. You can't be a fucking metalhead. Like you can't just be some rando hardcore kid. You have <laughs> to have some type of punk rock background, my guy. If you ain't listen to the Toy Dolls, you don't get to come on my fucking show. I want to know. What, I want to know, like, when someone like what, what have you have you had people like trying to get their music played that just like think they're like uh you know back in the back in the 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 blm so they're they should be able to get played on your show so i can't i i will say i look through emails and you know people send their music in i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like uh i look at it this way they're black and they're alternative so i'm gonna give your music a listen but i'm still a fucking elitist piece of shit so if it ain't punk i don't fucking care (laughs) Because this is called Up the Blunk. Here's what you do. If you want to play metal, you find some two-token metal guys, and they start a podcast and be cool, and then y'all can discuss that shit on there. But this is Up the Blunk. We listen to punk. I'm a punker. I got a fucking black flag tattoo in the middle of my fucking forearm. I absolutely hate it, and I'm not going to cover it up. Because them's the rules. Well, I, I, I like that you guys even came. I didn't know. I didn't know the phrase "blunks." Am I late on that? Am I too white to have known that "blunks" was already a thing? That's some shit. Uh, me and Dick Calhoun made up. Oh, okay. There you go. We were just like punk, black punk, blunks. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. I had to explain that shit to my mom. So my mom's like a Baptist black lady. I believe dead, sixty-three years old. And I was like, "Yeah, up the blunks," and she's like, "What's a blunk?" And I had to break down like punks with a S, then punks with a X, and then put black. And she's just like, well, "Okay, that's cool. I like that's great." <laughs> that's, that's nice. <laughs> Isn't it nice how your parents just like uh, what's the word? Uh, not entertain. They just you know they just like you know listen to your shit and they're like, "All right, yeah, fine. That's whatever." Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's great. You know what, Q? I'm glad you're not overdosing in an alley, and that's wonderful. Yeah, do whatever you do. Whatever you think is fine. That's great. Uh, are you? Yeah, that's, that's great. Are you alive? Yeah. Are you? Are you hungry? No. How's How's my grandchild? That's yeah. That's. Yep. <laughs> I'm just fun. When I was in malicious code, I remember my parents. Uh, they sort of kind of sat me down because I had to go to play a show, and they were like, "So, so when you guys play these shows." Who uh who arranges like the payment and whatnot? I was like, well, you know, it's like DIY spaces. You play the show and you get paid. Maybe whatever you get paid. And they're like, okay, so so like you may not get paid. I was like, yes, yeah, sometimes we, 
<laughs> the money goes back into the band, you know, recording and traveling and whatnot. They're like, Q, I gotta ask, you're 27 years old. Why do you do this? And I'm like, all right, you fucking please. <laughs> I guess passion. I guess I'm passionate. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's what they call it. Um, but you know, we. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm passionate about this thing. I'm gonna be honest with you, Dave. I I don't fucking know why I do it either. But we got a show to play, and I'm gonna go play it. But hey, but 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 that that might have been the way it was for Code. But uh, end it. Let's talk a little bit about End It right now. Give me a little End It update. End It seems to have a bit more of a mission behind it, and uh, and I, I, I'm I'm going to get in trouble now because I just bought a T-shirt with a bunch of cops hanging on it uh, when, oh, I, when I walk around my white man. neighborhood. And, uh, I and, wish I could tell you who drew that. <laughs> I, boom! I can tell you who drew that without well because I ain't supposed to tell you who drew that. So like maybe this will make the cut, maybe not. You can blur this out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he drew that. Yeah, I do. He he draws a lot of things. He draws all types of shit. I was yeah. so pumped. But like the thing is, you know, the kids classify me as a old head. Yeah. Which so, is like, funny. Which is funny. Which is funny. Like, not not funny. Not funny. Bad to you, but funny. Just it's like holy shit. I yeah, guess we are right. Because I'm like funny. How funny? How, how the fuck am I old? Jr. is an old head. Yeah. 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 <laughs> An old head. Yeah. I'm sir. I am 30 years old. Don't call me fucking old head. I don't know. I think that but, qualifies uh, though. I guess because by 30, most times you've matured out of this shit, and grown up. Yeah, that's true. But what? What? Are you, so <laughs> what? What, what is? What is? What is Endic gonna do now? You had you had one way track come out beginning of this year, I think it was. Obviously, you guys aren't playing shows. Is there? Is there any recording Man. going on? You practicing? What's What's happening with Endic? So uh, they practice. <laughs> I, get, I get songs uh, to write to all the time. We are in the process process of recording another EP, and it's gonna come out on Flat Spot. So that's sick. Yeah, that's awesome. Flat Spot's uh, a good space see, for it. You see us selling T-shirts and shit, and you know that's our way of still you know there's still that like political connection and being a punk like you know, we sell these t-shirts and it benefits shirts and then we donate all that money to different organizations so that's pretty much what we're doing and uh just a lot of goofy shit in the group chat in the hopes that the world <laughs> opens up we can get back to doing it that's fine so end it now is basically just a group text and that's all right it's pretty just yeah. it's pretty much just a group text and like i'll i'll make contact with at least one or two dudes a week, like say something stupid, send a meme or something, or uh, come by to someone's house. But yeah, we ain't up to shit, and it's real unfortunate because we had, yeah, you know, we had United Blood. We were gonna play with Shark Attack and the Fu's. We had all types of shit come up, and then life happened. Yeah, but at least life happened to everybody. You know, it's not just—it's yeah. it's not like it's not like it just yeah, fell it wasn't off. Like I got arrested and and it stopped. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Well, hey, well, I guess we were talking group group text. How how do you do in group text? Like, because here's me in group text. Me in group text is I don't really say anything for like three days, and then somebody says something, and I make a joke, and then it's just total silence, and then it shuts it down for like three days. <laughs> so shout out to being able to double tap something and mean. <laughs> like, well, it'll be something fucked up. You can send it to the group chat on our uh, Instagram group chat. It's mostly me stoned out of my mind sending them skateboard clips. And the only two people in the skateboard are me and Chris. Chris. Yeah. 
And you figure I would send them the guns, but we're a group, so <laughs> I send them to everybody. That's 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 all right. That's it depends on your state of mind. You're just being you know free. Everybody everybody should enjoy this, and that's that's very exactly. it's very it's very kind of you, to be honest. And now can very, I go back? Very rude of them. For a second, though? Yeah, of course. Uh, to big piggyback off of that, speaking of Chappelle, Lacey one shout out Chappelle. Yeah, really sick dude. Like actually a really nice dude. But you got to talk to them goddamn dudes and sick of it all, didn't you? I did, yeah. That was a, that was a few episodes ago, and you know, you know, you know what was the cool one about that one is that not necessarily them themselves, but they, I was contacted for that. That wasn't me reaching out. That was yo for real. Yeah, and that, and that that's a huge difference, you know, when you got when you got the people coming to you instead of you going to the people. And there's been you know that, that's that's most of my stuff now. But for somebody for like for sick of it all, that's really cool for me, you know. You know what's wild, and this is gonna come off. I've been getting a lot of flag lately, as if I'm like a cis white male apologist. You know what I mean? The way the world's going, everyone's reading history books and recognizing being a cis white man is the worst possible thing that could be happening to someone right now. Like everyone's pointing the finger at y'all, like yo, y'all been fucking up for the last multiple centuries. Everything. Yeah, yeah, but hold on. Right? Hold on, you but say then, that, but it's not that bad. Like, it's, like if that's the worst thing that ever I, I, happened I, I, to I, I us, we're all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You're still doing laughs> <just fine. Okay. laughs> but, like, you actually came up in conversation. Uh, I was talking about how with with the, the progress and evolution of the world, the hot thing now is having more marginalized people brought to the forefront, right? But right. I know you personally, and I know the quality of the podcast you have, the quality of music knowledge you have, and I'm like, damn, Crayley deserves, with the, the amount of time he's put into music and, and the blogs and all that shit and, and what he's doing with his, uh, his podcast, Crayley deserves some benefit from that. But he should have did that shit 10 years ago, or maybe he should just become black. I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe you, Michael Rappaport, can splice some DNA and make something happen. But you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you you're absolutely right, but I, but I totally appreciate that, and that, that's that, that's 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 hilarious. That's fucking funny, and and, and I'm because you you actually one of the first people to introduce me to Crutch and stuff like that. I think you just posted something on Facebook one day, and now I'm running around singing Brotherhood Sisterhood to myself, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, it's, and that is literally all because Dan Crayley posted some shit on Facebook. Like Crayley's a cool guy, but he ain't gonna get the respect I think he deserves. Because of all the problems, all the other men who look like him have caused. Now you know I don't I don't blame anything like that for nothing. You know, but but because uh, because I, I would really be a fucking you know that that, that would really look bad. Um, but but I don't feel that <laughs> I don't I don't feel that way either. Um, yeah. But 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 there's you know there's I know to get eyes on shit. I could do other things or but whatever. If but but my whole thing when when I started doing this and uh the only thing that I can that if only only advice I could give not that you're asking for advice, the only advice that I can give to you and Kevin and up the blog is just the fucking consistency. The consistency is the is the most important just to, if I keep doing this and I have now for almost three fucking years, not not missed a week for three years. Yeah. That's that's what that's what counts, you know. That's what gets people checking it out. Or, and 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 if people don't like it, I don't give a shit. I don't know about it. I don't know about the people who don't like it. You know what I mean? They don't. <laughs> I, I'm be honest. You just cut out. I didn't hear anything you said. 
I'm saying the, which is the, unfortunate because we were having a good talk. Yeah, no, no. So I'm saying the, the consistency of doing this has been the most important has been the most important thing. And uh, yeah. f- for the for the people who who aren't you know who aren't with whatever I'm doing or whatever you're doing or whatever it's it doesn't matter. Cause you you don't like. I mean, if you're an adult like I am. You don't hear them. You're not connected with those people. So who gives a shit what they nope. have to say? Like, <laughs> I don't even know what they're saying. So where would I go? Where would I go to hear people that I don't know say something negative about what I'm doing with this? You know, exactly. And, like, why would I seek that out? I don't even know where 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 would I find it? <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I could. I'm be tr- honest. You know where you would find it? You say something controversial, and then you hop on Twitter.com, and Twitter.com ain't got nothing but a, a bunch of bored motherfuckers. Looking for a reason to be upset. I don't do Twitter, man. Never have. I'm going to be honest. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Well, do- like, I get on Twitter, and I find myself getting so fucking frustrated, and I'm intelligent enough to know, like, you could literally go do anything else. And I'm like, man, no. <laughs> just want just to stay here and get <laughs> mad. Well, hey. Just but- stare into the murder square and anger yourself. <laughs> but have have... have- so with with uh, with doing up the blunks, have you you guys don't don't hit it hard with like promotion and shit? And I don't mean that negatively. I mean you're just keeping it with your with your personal stuff, right? You're not doing like extra yeah. accounts. I uh yeah. All right. But first and foremost, shout out to Mr. Kevin Tate for keeping up the consistency that is up the blunks. All I do is provide content for him and the team provided to us by the hard times. To edit and produce I've never really been good At self promotion Even within like whatever goofy Dumb shit I'll post on the internet Or end it or malicious Code or something because I Do still have so many other things Occurring in my life like when it's time To be in a band it's time to be in a band When it's time to be in a podcast It's time to be in a podcast because outside of that, I got about 10 grand worth of child support looming over my head on top of trying to take care of my kid. Right. <laughs> like, so many things fly at me throughout the course of one 24-hour day. I'm like, yes, I am a kill. I am an ended, and I do up the blunts. But also, uh, a girl shit on my hand today and then told me she loved me. So I got a lot <laughs> going on. Yeah, if uh, I I completely understand uh, for several of your points there, so uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I know exactly what you mean. Um, but 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 my point is that that you guys seem you guys seem you, you guys are killing it with the you, you, your episodes sound very well done. Whether you have a part of that, every, whether that's you just every now and then saying the word proclivity or some kind of vocabulary word that I'm not real <laughs> sure I understand, like you know it's. You, you guys are doing great. It's it's you're only what eight full episodes in, and uh, you're killing it. I think it's awesome. I, I check it out. What is it? Is it every week? Is it every other week? It's every other week, and right, we so. try to, in between weeks, have whoever we're gonna feature, uh, music wise. Obviously, it's more likely a black fronted band. Captain will reach out to that person and ask them a couple questions, and then that interview will be released on Hard Noise. Which is another affiliate of the hard time. Oh, I didn't know that part. I didn't know there was a whole, yeah. uh, a whole, a whole extra step in there. I got to look into that. I really, you do, you do raise a good point. And my older brother, a lot of people tell me this all the time, like, yo, you got to promote. But my whole thing is the way I use the internet. I don't want to be overbearing and overwhelming. Yeah. Because that's I don't want nobody to fucking. I find that I do that in romantic relationships, interpersonal relationships. I don't want to be, like, I'm already a lot, right? Right. 
So I don't want to beat a motherfucker over the head with me because I already know to interact with me is a test of your patience. Yeah, I'm fully yeah. aware with who I am. I've woken up and drinking gin and live life. So, like, I get it. I know. Don't nobody want to necessarily deal with that shit all the time. But I guess maybe I should be more overbearing in terms of promotion. You know, hold on a second. You know, I was just having this conversation just yesterday. Just yesterday, me and uh, a guy who I don't talk to very often, but I love dearly, Jacob, who you know, of course, we're just having Jacob, the... Who we're having Mr. The, Hennessy? He said the exact same thing, and, and I, I, I can relate com- completely. You know, it's just realizing that, all right, we're a lot to handle sometimes. Maybe not myself so much now, but at a, at a period, you know. Man, and, and, that's and, the thing about all of us, like, Baltimore hardcore personality so to speak dog like if you were around for the era of an Ethan and a Jacob and a Shay <laughs> and a myself you feel me it's like I, I love them and I'm glad they're alive but holy shit yeah 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 well, for, for, like you know and and I don't know. I was talking about my, we were talking about you know how he is, how I am, and I was just talking about. I felt like I was a mean person. He was like, "No, nah, you were funny," but <laughs> like, but but I can oh, see how. Oh, not I thought I've told you this before. I thought you did not like me at all. <laughs> right, and, and and I get it. I get it. Like I I get why you would have thought that because because I, I was kind of mean, you know. But <laughs> but hit me out. We're all kind of mean. Right, right, right. That's kind of our thing. <laughs> it's just our trademark, right? But hey, well, but, how do you, I, you could call it a trademark, but that's sort of kind of the like, once you get in, you know, you got your surface level hardcore people, blah, 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 personalities, popularity contest shit. And then once you start hanging out and you get to see who the real players and names are, air quotes around all that, that's like the initiation to this shit. Like, hey, I'm going to go punch that guy in the fucking head, right? You going to tell on me? <laughs> the answer is no. Always. And I know that's your friend, and I'm telling yeah. you because I'm going to go beat your friend up. But we're still cool, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. It's between you two, right? That's between you two. Hey, you don't got to pick a side, bro. I'm I'm not going to like him anymore because he's your friend. Exactly. As, and that's the way it should be. It, it, it has no and bearing on that. And I don't need to be everybody's like, friend. I don't need to be everybody's so like, enemy as either. I, as I sit on the internet and I. I hate to be a fucking dinosaur, but dinosaurs get evolved out and die for a reason. We go extinct. I look at how a lot of the younger generation is, and, like, they they don't like each other, but everyone just, like, tweets at each other and subtweets and shit, and I'm over here like, y'all could just fight. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, all right. So I, I'll, I'll try to make it into a, well, fuck, we've already gone on way too long than we were supposed to, but let me, let me, let me, uh. I have this thing I always tell my wife when I have when I do these podcasts with these younger generation and I say I say generation we know we know what we know we're just talking like 10 years 10 years younger a hardcore generation is only like four or five years right right so we're talking mid mid to early 20s these these kids and yeah. I, I, don't, I don't I don't say that to meaning these kids um, when I have these conversations with them like you and I are having right now it's really hard to joke with them. Yeah. There's no jokes. It's like I say shit, you know how I am. I say stupid shit that I, I don't expect anybody to ever take me seriously. And it's just kind of like, okay, you know, and, and and they're awkward and don't know how to react. And it's like, fuck, man, like just lighten up. This is okay. Like we can. We're just jo- but remember, <laughs> these kids didn't have that punk rock foundation. And you know, like 
we got there's pictures of Freddie Madball in a fucking YDL shirt. That does right. not mean Freddie Madball hates Jews. That just means he put on a YDL shirt. Right. <laughs> so like what what I've come to grips with with this younger generation, a lot of space has been made for feelings and progress in terms of how human beings treat each other, right? We were making a step in a better direction as opposed to our fathers because, like, we would hug our friends and we would get naked in front of them and jump around and do dumb shit. These kids took it a step further and they're like, they don't have to mask their actual feelings and care for their friends through the guys like hitting and punching and dick jokes, right? Yeah. They're way more mature than we are is what it is. They're better people. Right, but that's really boring. And that ain't no fucking fun. I gotta watch my fucking mouth all the time and worry about everyone's feelings all the time. Jesus, I don't even know what kind of feelings I got today. You know what sucks though is that like we could say all that and, and feel this way, and then everybody and you, and you do that, and then they act like you're voting for Trump. Like, goddamn man, <laughs> like, like, you it's, it's there's shades of gray here. Yeah, you can literally assault someone for being homophobic, but the first time you slip up and say the f word because you grew up in the '90s and that's just how everybody talked, Band Canyon. Yeah, dude. Oh fuck, man. I remember being like, so you know, we we used to use that f word like it was a normal part of our vocabulary, right? And, that was literally how you talked to your friends, right? And that was that was fine. I, and I I adapted. I realized, all right, that was a little fucked up. We probably shouldn't have done that. That's so, why we're calling it the f word. Right, so we don't do it anymore. But if you go back also the same time, I remember there was, there was this band from right around here. Called, they were on Think Fast Records, Reignition, all of them good guys, right? Very much all good yeah. guys. But they at one show, they called out me and my friend Scotto, who you know as well. Scotto um, looks great, by the way. Shout out Scotto. Scott, yeah, he does. He's a fantastic guy. One of my favorite people ever of my, of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're watching them at a show at, uh, at Princess Street. No, it was whatever. It was Emmicksville Fire Hall around here. And... Uh, they they make this this hard like statement about people being homophobic and it's and it's so clearly directed at us and which yeah. we f- which we find hilarious and and then we leave there and go hang out at the gay bar right right because because <laughs> cuz that's what we that's what we would do that's where we we would go that's we didn't care we, did. we thought it was fun and then i and then while being there at the gay bar a guy who come who's talking to us mentions that he put the floors in there but he's not one of those f words and i throw him into a claw machine and take a baller glass to the shoulder and you know you know like yeah. like it, it, it becomes so convoluted like cuz these kids weren't there right right but and, and, weren't and, and there and then, and then the, and then you know the ultimate irony of the characters I mentioned in this and the situation now. Like, make these grand statements right now. You're a, you're a homophobe because you say this word. Hey, granted, it was the wrong word to use, but you know, whatever. Okay. Like, and and, and and exactly. And and you guys were calling us homophobes, but I don't know. But it, that's that's a whole. You know what I whole. like to say to a lot of people, especially from the outside looking, and you look at all those like tough guy, machismo, alpha male, hardcore guys. And I'm like, okay, let's let's break down what's actually happening here. It's a bunch of dudes who share the same feelings, screaming in each other's faces, hitting each other, and then hugging <laughs> each other and apologizing. <laughs> this is gay as shit. Yeah, yeah. We all got matching tattoos. We call each other brother and family and whatnot. <laughs> There's a lot of homoerotic shit going on in this room. <laughs> However, don't you dare call me gay, bro. I ain't gay. <laughs> <laughs> This, uh, this young dude, I ain't going to call his name, but this young dude, uh, he, he tweeted something the other day. He was like, 
you know, I think I'm going to start calling myself an old head, to which I responded, you ain't homophobic enough. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny, because, that is. like, that's actually the truth. What, and, of course, I, shit, I was talking, I think I was talking to my dad about this earlier. Or someone, I can't remember. I tell people shit all the time. As life progresses forward, there's going to come a time that even these people who are the uh, morally right and just people will become the wrong ones. Yeah. That's, that's literally, that's how evolution happens. You're, they're going to get stuck in what they accept and believe to be true. And this younger generation is going to have more theory as people learn and get degrees and have more conversations. And then one day, I can't remember the, the turn of phrase exactly, but if you stick around long enough, you find yourself to become the villain. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's, that's just what happens. You and I are better people than our fathers because we don't believe that you should just fuck your kids up. You know what I mean? We talk to our kids. I kind of believe you should our, maybe hit them a couple times, but you know. I mean, occasionally you got to pop them once or twice just to let them know who's in charge. You just gotta make them. You gotta make them harder. Like if you do them really hard one time, you don't gotta do it soft several times. You know. I think about how much. Not even like I got my ass whooped enough, but just how hard I was raised in relation to the generation I'm a part of. I'm part of the generation that believed you should get a trophy even though you didn't win. <laughs> Fuck that. You lost. Yeah. Yeah. Why should I get a trophy for showing up? Fuck that. You lost. Try yes. harder. Get a trophy. And now this generation coming behind, I can only imagine in reference to that analogy. How oh, you're voting for Trump. Feel. You have, you just you just voted for These Trump right there. These probably want trophies simply because they thought about playing. Like no, no. <laughs> but that's the thing. You ha if you try to uphold the standard, it becomes a slippery slope. And all I have to offer in to surmise all this is if you need me, call me. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm gonna be over here. I, well, I, it's, it's a young man's game. It ain't got nothing to do with me no more. If a fucking Nazi show up. Some blood and honor motherfuckers, some keystone, something or another, let me know. We'll make it do what it do. Outside of that, y'all can handle that. Well, you know, I'll be there with you, and I think that's a good place to end this here. Because even though you and I were just supposed to check in with each other and you were supposed to tell me about up the blunks and end it, I think we I think we went like the whole entirety of the other interview that's gonna go on this with, with I mean, Dave, Dave Small. We can make this another episode. We can I, do this monthly. I fuck with you so clearly. I I've never expressed it to you. I inadvertently look up to you because, like, I know how much you know about this music shit. Well, and I also, appreciate I thought you were the meanest dude ever. And now the fact <laughs> that we talk is cool as hell. Well, hey, I, 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 I like what you're doing, Akil, and I appreciate you. And, you know, you remember that one time back in, like, 2012 when I was living at your old place and I kept letting you know your W-2s were coming and you just you wouldn't come <laughs> yeah. get them? I think, you got, I, think I, I think I got you into tax trouble, but, you know. Oh, no. Uh, I got a tax lady. Shout out, Miss Alice. We got that taken care of. <laughs> Here's the secret. If you only make a certain amount of money on paper, they don't bother you. <laughs> no, nah, there you go. There you go. There All right, go. man. But Curly, hey. thanks for talking to me. I love you to the moon and back. All right, same to you, Akil, and thanks for doing this. Uh, one more time, let's go over a couple things. Up the Blunks every other week, uh, courtesy of Hard Times, right? Brought to you by the hard times. Brought to you by the hard times, and then end it. End it's just doing some t-shirts here and there, um, but but t-shirts for good causes. Uh, the one that I just bought was a benefit to uh, which bail project was that? 
I can't remember. I, mean, I ain't even going. What was what was what was the, the latest? What was the latest uh, St. Louis? Maybe I don't fucking know. The latest. Yes, was, actually, yes. I think it may have been uh, St. Louis. Latest tragedy. Latest. Was Brianna Taylor? No. No. I don't know. It's so hard to you keep track. We can't even hold ourselves responsible for that. Maybe the powers that be should stop killing people. That's it. And That'll then do we it. Wouldn't have egg on our face and trying to remember which nigga died this week. <laughs> that's it. That'll, that'll, <laughs> that'll solve that problem. All right, Keel. Thanks for doing this, man. Of course, Curly. Take it easy. Yep. You too. Later. There you have it. Uh, it killed Godzi, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the songs there, that was Lifer at the beginning and One Way Track at the end. Those are both off of the One Way Track EP by End It that came out on Flat Spot Records at the beginning of the year. Go check that out. I think they got cassettes for that. Cassettes and digital, I believe. And also, keep on the lookout for the t-shirts like you talked about. I just got mine in the mail today uh, that we that we were just discussing last night. So, you know, quick turnaround. Uh, you don't know how long it took, but I know that it was fast, and you got to take my word for it. Uh, support that band. Support what they're doing. And, uh, of course, go check out Up the Blunks if you haven't already. Uh, him and Kevin do a great job with that with that podcast. It's, it's very well done uh, on the hard, hard times, as he said. Um, and uh, it's just a quality product. And especially if, you, if, you, if you're one of those people that feels like you need to do more, maybe you just need to listen and maybe that can be what you do is that you listen more and listen to black people talk about uh, shit that matters to them and not shit that you decide matters for them.
I don't know, but <laughs> but hey, I'm just another white guy who's full of shit, doesn't really know what he's talking about either. So we we all got that in common, right? All right, so moving on to interview number two, this one with Dave Smalley, the legendary Dave Smalley. Dave Smalley of DYS, Dag Nasty, All, Down by Law. Uh, what else is there? Dave Smalley and the Bandoleros, but most recently, Dave Smalley of Don't Sleep. Don't Sleep has released a couple of EPs uh, the last few years, but recently they just dropped Turn the Tide on Mission 2 Entertainment, and it's their first LP, and it's fantastic. And uh, we're going to talk all about that, of course, and I'm going to play you some songs from that. But first, let's let's just let's, let's do that right now. This is Refine Me from Turn the Tide, and we're going to go straight into my interview with Dave. Good, man. Well, I'm glad we uh, connected and, and looking forward to chatting. What's shaking? Oh, I don't know. Lots of things, but uh, nothing nothing too exciting. Uh, wh- what's happening down there? Where are you at? Where are you located exactly? So I'm in uh, D.C. Well, no, I'm in Virginia about, you know, about an hour outside of D.C. Um, so um, near a town called Fredericksburg, uh, which is like a big Civil War town, yeah. battlefield town. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my... That's my little world right now. Okay, I'm I'm pretty familiar with the area. I'm I'm from York, Pennsylvania, and then I lived in Baltimore, and I live in Lancaster. Um, and so so I know some of the guys that that you're doing don't sleep with, and it, it was a thing that I was curious about. Like how how did uh, how did don't sleep get started with you know Central Pennsylvania guys, and then you down there? How did this thing even come about? Yeah, you know it's a really interesting story. I feel like the story of don't sleep is the modern communications story. So and I'm sure it's not only us, but for this, in this case, uh, 
Garrett Rothman, who is our bass player, he was he and Tony and Tom were in another band called Very Americans um, sometime back, and uh, kind of a Garrett calls it an indie rock band. I thought they were more on the sort of melodic, poppy, punk side, almost like a little Elvis Costello type sound. But but anyways, they were great, and I didn't know them. And one one night, I get a um, a Facebook message from Garrett saying, "Hey, we're you know we're big fans, and um, you know wondered if you'd want to." do a show up here, a solo show, because we saw that you were doing solo shows. And, and I wrote back and said, sure, I'm interested, you know, because I love doing the solo shows. If it's, you know, up to up to Harrisburg area, is only, you know, three-hour drive, so it's not too bad. And um, that's about the outer range of what I feel comfortable doing, you know. Yeah. So um, anyway, so, so then he said, and by the way, here's our band. And I listened to the first song, and literally by the halfway um, one thing i'm really good at is a long list of bad that i'm at you know that i'm bad at but a short list that i'm good at includes uh being able to identify really good music and and sort of not even just subjectively but objectively right so like i could tell these guys were really good they had great song structures their singer was good the playing was fantastic uh you know the, the the energy was distinct you know so, so they were a good, really good band and, and really appealed to me. Um, and I, I wrote them back right away. By the end of the second song, I was like, okay, I'm definitely doing this show because I want to play with these guys. They're, they're really great. And um, I, I still think that about Very American. Um, so so uh, we, I went up there and played, and um, we had a great time. Again, I hadn't met any of them. So it was all just a roll of the dice, and we did a few... Uh, Dag Nasty songs for the encore of, of my set, and they played, you know. And um, yeah, everything, everything was was fantastic. The karma was just good, kind of, kind of right away, you know. So, uh, so that's kind of the story. And then after that, you know, friendships grew and collaboration grew, and uh, yeah, next thing I knew, we were they, they were writing some songs for me um, to sing on, and I loved those. That was the that was the first thing. Well, that's awesome, and 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 I like that story because again, I know some of the guys. And the and what do you remember? Which do you remember where you played in Harrisburg? Um, it was right in that main sort of nice area. Is a club. Um, it was a nice club. I kind of really liked it. Um, and there's a restaurant out front of it. Uh, that sort of we were on the sidewalk then. Um, Shoot, Garrett uh, and Tony will remember, but I, I unfortunately I can't remember. Well, if you said the name of it, I might. I, I, I probably don't know it either. But the, but the reason I'm saying that is because, um, like I personally, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Can I Say record. Dagnasty's Can I Say that record you did is, has easily been one of my favorite records. Um, it's always in my top five list. Like I, I love that record. Um, and I, Thank you. yeah, so and, much. and, and a, and a big part of it is obviously because because of you, because I don't feel that way about all the rest of the records, you know? So like, but, but anyway, but my point is that I must not have lived here at the time because there's no way I wouldn't have been there, you know, like being, being local and that you were doing one of these shows. I, I, I know I would have, I would have been at that. And actually, you know, at this point, you know, several, three, four years back now, I mean, we've been, we've been kind of growing this, um, you know, this watering this plant for quite some time now, you know? So um, it's 
say five years. I don't know how long ago it was. Jerry yeah. will remember all the details again, kind of like my uh, my scatterbrainedness on the uh, timing of interviews and things. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I often get confused. So I'll depend on Garrett to fill in the blanks. But but thanks for saying that about Ken. I say I really do. That means the world to me. And uh, I will say, you know, that I think that band that lineup that time that moment was extraordinary karma um i think it was something that uh i don't think anybody i do think we realized it actually sometimes you know you say oh i didn't realize it we did actually realize it i think everybody realized that something was something was you know was in gear there something was a spark that was kind of just you you just didn't want to ignore the the fire there and you had to just kind of let it go and, and burn. And, um, that was, you don't get that every day. A lot of times, and that's okay too, that albums can be hard work, right? Like yeah. they can just be, you know, um, you go in, you're, you're tracking, you do the drums and you do the bass, get the guitars down, do the vocals. Um, you know, then you do the, the harmonies, redo a few tracks here and there, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a labor of love. It's still art. It's just, that's one way of creating the art, right? And right. that's how a lot of albums are done. You know, I mean, I think I, I can't remember, what was it? Maybe it was one of the Metallica records where I think Lars Ulrich was doing the drums for like two months or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, why not? If you if you can afford it, go for it, you know? And um, so, so that's one way of doing it. But the other way is to kind of ride the lightning and you can't, you can't bottle it. You can't sell it. You can't redo it necessarily. If it's there, you got to ride it and, and go for it. And that's kind of what, there was a sense of urgency and passion in that, in that Dagnasty, can I say, session that was, that was, you know, palpable. You could taste it. Yeah. Not, not to, not to totally get off track on Dagnasty stuff. So I don't want to do that, but, um, but, but, uh, a friend of mine, we were talking about, we were talking about, I forget how the conversation was coming up, but we were talking about how much we love that record and, and how it, and, and I think the phrase he used was just, and it's along the lines of what you're saying. It was just like, it was like capturing lightning in a bottle. That was like that, that record get, gets it, you know, and it doesn't, and it doesn't seem like it was a reach. It doesn't seem, it's just, it, you guys nailed it on that one. And it's, it's, and that's why it stands the test of time. Yeah. Thanks brother. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I think that's a good analogy. But, um, yeah, just we got lucky. Yeah, hey, whatever, whatever works, right? I mean, because clearly this is not this has not just been a thing of luck for you, and that's what I want to ask about. Um, you know, you jump in with and, and do don't sleep, but you've you've had all these bands going for forever, right? If you look at your personal discography, uh, you look like you're trying to come up with alibis for where you've been every year. Like every there's not a hole in it, right? I don't see, it seems like there's not a year since, I don't know, what, 80-something where you haven't released a, a, an album. So, um, like, I know you said you, you heard Very Americans and you thought, oh, this is good. You saw them, you thought, this, you know, I like these guys. But, I mean, it's t- definitely not necessary for Dave Smalley to start another new hardcore punk band. So, like, why do another one? Yeah, that's a great question and well phrased. Um, you know, I tell you, it's just, I, I kind of have, I'm, I made the analogy before that I think is fairly accurate that a surfer doesn't turn down a great wave when he or she gets that wave, right? Like sure. you might've just had a good, you might've just, you know, ridden all the way in on a perfect curl and had a great 
wave in, right, and ridden it all the way into the, to the shore. But if you paddle back out, just say, yeah, I'll just see, you know, go, that's what I do, right? I'm a surfer. I'm going to go out and go out and paddle out again. And, and then all of a sudden, the next, a, a brand new, beautiful, different, cool wave strikes and hits and rises. And what do you do? You know, you, you don't say, no, I, I rode the last one. So I'm yeah. not going to ride this one. You know, you, you bloody well get on your board and you, you ride the wave and maybe you crash, maybe you ride it all the way in. Maybe it's the, even better than the last one. So, but you don't, you got to ride the wave if the rave is there. And um, so that's kind of how I view it, you know, um, with those guys calling me and, and saying all these, you know, really uh, things that I like, not just that they were fans, but that they, we talked about music and, and energy and, and, you know, sort of what we're, what our vision was, you know, we're all hardcore guys in our, you know, forties or fifties for me, you know? Yeah. And, and um, so, so, you know, everybody was on the same wavelength and that's a huge thing and you don't get that every day. And so, um, you know, I think it was just, uh, I rode the wave, you know, and, and I'll, I'll ride it if it's meant to be ridden and if I can still ride it. And, you know, eventually there might come a day when I'm too tired to paddle back out and, you know, <laughs> then I'll just be, then I'll just be on the shore and watching all the young surfers. But, um, up until then I'm, I'm the old man of the ocean, right? So I'll, I'll keep doing it. That's all right, because you're doing you're doing a great job, and and the, the the this record turn the tide has been pretty evidenced by that. And like I mean, like I said, you keep you've been putting out music so consistently for so long. Um, things that I didn't even know about. All right, like when I knew I was going to talk to you this week, I, I started looking. Like and like I said, I'm a fan, and I looked. I was like, I didn't know about um, I didn't know about your acoustic record. I didn't know about um, the, uh, the the record you released earlier this year. Um, you know, I. I, I there's so much stuff and so much things you put out, but when I listen to like the initial "Don't Sleep" the first two records, like it sounds a little familiar. It sounds like something you know I would expect from you, and I mean that in a great way. And then, and then this this full length turned the tide, though. It seems like it's a little more aggressive than uh, than you've been doing for a long time. Is is this the most aggressive record you've been a part of in a while? And it, and did did "Don't Sleep" kind of turn it up a little bit for this LP as opposed to the, to the EPs? Wow. Those are great questions too. Um, so I think the, yes, I think the short answer is yes. The, to both of those, I think, um, I think don't sleep did crank up the, the, the power volume, the power level, you know, you know, we kind of went to 11, right. As spinal tap would say, you know, so, so um, yeah, we, we, we pinged up the, we pinged it all the way on this consciously because we just it's kind of like the surfing thing again because you can right like all of a sudden you got these guys who are fantastic players jim bedorf amazing drummer um you know tommy mcgrath um fantastic guitar player i mean he's he's in the same you know i've been very very fortunate in my career to play with you know with with stefan edgerton and, and baker and sam williams you know and and uh Pablo Manielis from um, from the Bandoleros, who's also phenomenal, and and then and now Thomas Rory McGrath. So and he's and each of those guys has their own style, which is another thing I always look for. You know, does does the does the band and the players and the writers have a, have their own karma and their own chemistry and their own sound, or do they just sound like another band that's trying to be somebody else? And that's not the case for. 
for Tommy or any of these guys. They they are who they are, and it has a distinct karma. So so yeah, so they cranked it up on the you know on the hardcore songwriting side, but but for me, um, you know, I uh, I it is harder than than DBL, which is you know obviously the main thing that people know because um, yeah. yeah. DBL got got pretty you know pretty well known over the years, and that's I'm very grateful for that. Um, so yes, yeah, Sam and I, Sam Williams, he's, um, he's, he's a brilliant songwriter and a brilliant guitar player. And, um, we've been together for so long, you know, we're, we're the, um, you know, the, the Mick Jagger and Keith Richards of <laughs> hardcore, right? I mean, right. it's just, you know, or, or you could say Stigma and, and Roger, you know, for, for Agnostic Front, they've been around together for so long. Right. You know, there's not that many, there's not that many duos that, uh, in our world that are, that are that productive and prolific and have been around that long. And, um, so, so Sammy and I have done some, some really just incredible musical journeys together. And what I would, I, I equate down by lawn now, you know, we started out as, you know, kind of in a way, and this is just by what I was writing instinctively at the time, it was kind of, you know, what Dag Nasty was meant to be as the next record in my mind, you know, and I didn't write it that way, but it was just where I was mentally, you know, I'd left, you know, Dag Nasty, I'd done all. And then I was kind of feeling that, that melodic hardcore urge again. And I started writing songs and then they do, there's a definite you know, parallel between, you know, you can segue from, from can I say into the first down by law album? No problem. I think so. So um, again, not intentional, but just how it was. But, but here, but over the years, Sammy and I kind of really got better as musicians than we were. And, um, and his songwriting is so diverse and exceptional. His playing is so talented that I think um, I would equate us now more along the lines of Husker Du, um, you know, uh, in, in the sense that we're absolutely not afraid of beauty and melody, which one of the, that's one of the characteristics of Husker Du um, or, or XTC you know, in England, yeah. um, you know, sort of this not afraid to push musical boundaries. And those two bands that I just mentioned are huge, you know, um, I, I love both of them immensely, Who's Could Do and, and XTC. And Sammy's such a great musician that he's able to pull that off in his songwriting. So I know I'm kind of getting a long ways around your question, but <laughs> so yeah, DBL kind of, DBL kind of went into this beautiful melodic, you know, side trip side journey um parallel to hardcore you know we have fast punky songs for sure that we love it's part of who we are but at the same time the hardcore side you know for down by law we're not a hardcore band we're we're um i don't know what we are a melodic punk band maybe um but we're, we're definitely not a um a hardcore band like you wouldn't call Husker do at the end a hardcore band you wouldn't no. call xc a hardcore band um you know so, so we're somewhere closer to that. And then, so parallel to that, hardcore never stopped, thank goodness. And that was still part of my heart. So when I heard uh, the stuff being written by, by Tom and, and uh, Garrett and Jim and Tony um, Bavaria, I, I just, it really resonated with me. And they were writing knowing that it was me singing. So it's kind of cool because it, it just fit right away because they knew me, you know, and, yeah. and, they were like, okay, you know, this is for Dave, you know, and, and they wrote accordingly. And so they, it was, it was just, you know, a nice match. 
Yeah, and it's it's it sounds yeah. it sounds um it sounds comfortable. It sounds confident. It sounds it sounds like you guys have been a band for quite a long time, even though I guess it's really only been a couple officially a couple years, right? And um, right. yeah. Yeah, but, exactly. but but then having said all those things about about the way this would you know you guys kind of had your ears pinned back for most of this record it, it kind of ends um, with a with a bit of a curveball but but I guess not totally like there's knowing you and yeah. and the guys in the band it doesn't it's not it's not a shocker how the records in December come in but it is different from the rest of the record yeah so um, hold on I'm just trying to tune down my uh, Madeline episode here yeah. hold on <laughs> yeah. okay. I got to figure out which one is the uh, volume thing in here. Very yeah. good. Okay. I can figure out which one is the volume. Hmm. Well, it's so funny. I'm trying to twist backwards in the DVD player in the car <laughs> and figure out how to turn this out. All right, these things turned off in just a couple minutes, okay? Okay, hold on down. <laughs> Okay. All right. We're 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 committing the felony of um of turning off episodes of Madeline. But she's, dangerous. she's handling it. I know. <laughs> no, she's great. So uh so wait, now where were we? I've gotten sidetracked by Madeline here. The wreckage um, in December. Right, yeah. So, so it's really interesting. This so I, I I'm really this is a great story and it speaks to art and creativity. So we we wrote a bunch of really great songs, most of which you hear on the record. Plus, there's we recorded a whole bunch more that are going to come out as an EP at some time in the future. And um, we were signed to Victory, right, which is yeah. um, Tony Brummel's label, which obviously Victory is a you know legendary indie label. And um, we we're really everybody was psyched, you know, great conversations with Tony, um, and and you know, and he he called me and he said. I love all these songs. They're great. Now I want you to go write some more. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I want you, Dave, to go and write some more. If you need to go in the studio and, you know, play around for you know, a week or so, whatever, just do whatever you need to do. And don't worry about time. Don't worry about money. These are great. I just want to get, there's something that I want extra. And that was the first time I'd ever had that. In all my career, no record company president had ever said go write be creative i want what you've got let me see what you got yeah. and and almost a challenge right almost it was it wasn't a challenge negatively but it was almost like i'm missing something here and i want just i want some you know some extra paprika on the on the meal you know or whatever and um so so i did so i went in and i'd had this riff in my head for the wreckage for, for weeks and months. In fact, I was on tour somewhere in Europe. Um, and, um, and I, and I'd had this riff, I think I was with the Bandoleros and I just had this riff in my head for the, for the baseline. And I wrote the words, uh, in my head, not written down, just, you know, this is the sound of the modern rebellion, you know, this is the sound of the modern moon, you know, and, and those, those lines just stayed with me in the vocal melody. It was in my, it was a really cool experience and I knew I wanted it for don't sleep it was it had to be done not by a really you know a band like down by law that could knock that out of the park for sure but yeah that's almost like expected that down by law could do that right but um but to to do it 
by a hard edge band of hard edge mofos, like, you know, what we were doing, I knew it was going to have an edge, a bite, a, a dark, somber something to it that, that was going to be the right thing, you know? So I knew I wanted it for, for Don't Sleep, and, and that had been in my head. So when Tony said, you know, unleash the beasts, right, unleash the hounds or whatever, you know, I, I just, I was like, okay, that's the first one. I'm working on this. I'm actually going to develop this out, write it out, you know, and, and I did. And then, uh, and I also had this, uh, this, this song, which is True North, in my head. And um, it's a little different how it en- ended up on the record because Walter Schreifels helped you know, co-produced or helped to produce that one yeah. and, and, and had some tweaks in that, you know, some, some very great tweaks. And, and, um, that was a great experience working with Walter. So, so we, I had that come up out of that session too. And out of those days when, after Tony Brummel had said, go, you know, go forth and prosper. Right. And then, and then, um, there was one more that isn't on the record. Um, and I still want to tweak that one up a little bit more, It'll be on the EP though, and has a little bit of a reggae flavor to it too. Not quite as much as the wreckage. And then the last one, I wrote that in two hours, lyrics, music, everything. And I called Tom, uh, our guitar player. He was just getting out of work at night. He's a bartender. He's just getting where I said, Hey, you got any time? And he said, yeah, call me right now. So I called him. It was 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night. I don't know what time. And I said, you know, I'm going to, put the phone, open the phone and, and play this for you. And, and, and he said, okay. And I played it for him and he's like, that's going on the record. That's fantastic. I love that. And it's kind of surprising because it's not a Tom Esch song, you know? And, um, I mean, this is the guy who wrote such great songs on this album as the song don't sleep or as, uh, walking in Sinai or, you know, some of these other songs that he did that are just, you know, hard, heavy, great songs. So, um, so, so he, he loved it and he was the one, Tom was actually the one who fought for that to get on the album, um, because he loved it so much and it made it extra special that it be kind of almost became his, his baby too, you know, and, um, and, and that it's really a positive, you know, experience to, to do that. So, so yeah, that came from just being creative and being told to just go and don't worry about any any money or any time or any pressure or anything. And there's no musical direction. Just, just go and write. And I've never had that before. So it was really awesome to have that, um, that just that open-ended go, you know, and, and that was a really cool thing. And I think that's, that's a testament to Tony Rummel and how he operates as a, as a label owner. Well, that's very cool. And, and um, it's kind of, it's refreshing to hear that because I mean, from an outsider, I've, you hear a lot about Tony and Victory Records. Uh, you, I've ha- heard, and I think a lot of us have heard a lot of things about Tony. And usually, it's it's not it's not very positive. So to hear things like that, it's nice. I mean, he's got to be doing something right, right? Yeah, and 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 uh, to to hear you know that kind of uh, that kind of confidence in your artists and who you got on on the label and just telling you to go for it. That's that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and you know what I always say about all that stuff and. I think there's no one in any, in any part of life. Uh, I mean, I'm sure even, you know, mother Teresa or Gandhi had people saying bad things about them. Right. (laughs) Like there's, there's no one, there's no one in this world, private citizens, you, 
you know, me, whoever, anybody, everybody has people who dog them, and especially in the era of social media and, and you know, um, people who just feel like they should just throw a grenade and walk away, you know? And, but I, I would just encourage people to make sure you don't just believe everything. And there's, there's some people who don't have stories that need to, like, I mean, I hate to bring in, you know, somebody famous like this, but, you know, look at Harvey Weinstein. He was the head of the biggest studio in Hollywood and, and people loved him and adored him. And there were stories that weren't being expressed about him that apparently, you know, people had been, you know, um, suppressing, right. For, yeah, for, yeah. for years. Uh, and then, and then, so, but the flip side of that is there's a lot of stories told that are negative about people that are often half truths at best, or at least there's another side of the story or they're just outright wrong. So yeah, today in 2020 and, you know, beyond it's way easy to throw a grenade, um, harder to be smart and say, okay, I'll check this out for myself and I'm not going to necessarily join the, the mob and pitchfork, uh, you know, torch and pitchfork crowd. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's a great point. And Hey, I, I don't want to keep you too much. I don't want to interrupt Madeline too much longer. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, but, that's awesome. but I want to get you one more thing in here. Um, so listening, so listening to don't sleep and like this, wow, this is another great record. And I was like, what is, what's the theme here in this year that I've, that I'm noticing is that there's a lot of, uh, we'll say the polite term, like scene vets putting out records with new bands, particularly this year that are, you guys are just killing it. The, the, the big one for me has been Brian McTernan and be well, the guys in be well, that, that new record oh, yeah. is, is, well, is, is, is yeah. fantastic. You guys with this, um, Rob fish did a new one with every scar has a story. And there's just a lot, I feel like there's a lot of them. There's a lot of, a lot of people, older guys starting newer bands, putting out great records. What do you think's behind this? Why is this happening all of a sudden? Um, you know, it's a great question. I don't, I don't know the answer though. Um, I concur hundred percent on the, um, on the be well stuff. Um, by the way, for folks who don't know, um, Brian was also part of the don't sleep album, right? So, um, he was, uh, when, when Walter was doing the producing, uh, for us, when we were doing our first tracking, we were at Brian's studio salad days and, um, in Baltimore. And then, um, he was, uh, really helpful, um, to me on a couple of, um, you know, a couple of parts and working through some things. And, um, and we're really looking forward to working with him again as a, as a producer at some point. And also, um, ho- hopefully my goal would be to see a be well, don't sleep tour. Um, if we ever get back to the touring world, um, I would, I would, I would go see that, you know, I would too. That's, yeah. gonna, <laughs> that's gonna one of my guides. Like when I go to that night, even if it's a Tuesday night and, uh, you know, in, in Cleveland or whatever. Uh, yeah, Tuesday night's I, tough, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Tuesday night is tough, right? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I would probably go, you know, as long as, you know, and that's another thing too, man. I think that part of the shows, okay, obviously we got to be smart about, you know, unless the whole world is suddenly immune somehow to, to yeah. COVID or whatever the next, whatever the next freaking, you know, thing is, because there'll probably be another, unfortunately, you know, um, depending on who you believe, either the Chinese made it or, it came from a bat in Wuhan. So e- <laughs> yeah. either way, that could be repeated, right? So right. There, there could be there could be more of this coming, unfortunately, or you know, a terrorist um, devising something on purpose. You never know. <laughs> um, so 
So we got to be smart. But the other thing is, um, you know, to your point, Tuesdays are bad and they are bad. So how do you get a show? Because the band has to tour and play, right? Because every night a band that isn't playing, they're they're spending money and at a mid-level hardcore level, that's 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 tough, right? You got to pay for food, for hotels, for gas, for you know everything. And so, so how do you get that Tuesday night? Well, one way you do it, and Down by Law has started to get a little smarter on this because for a while we were just eating it because we would be quote unquote the headliner every night, right? Mm-hmm. And We'd be playing a Tuesday night in, in, you know, wherever, Fort Lauderdale or pick your, you know, place. And they'd put us on at, you know, 12 o'clock at night on a Tuesday night. You're the headliner. Well, guess what? Probably a hundred people at that point would have come up to me, found me either, you know, floating around or, you know, at the merch stand or whatever and said, Hey, we got to go. Yeah. We have a babysitter. I got to go to work in the morning. Um, you know, uh, I'm too old to see a show at midnight anymore. I don't like it, <laughs> yeah. you know, which all of which, all of which I'm like, yeah, I got it, you know, and inevitably I would always say, let me get you a refund. And inevitably the people would say, no, just, just keep it. We're really bummed. We can't stay, you know, but we told our babysitter we'd be home by, by now or whatever, you know? And so, so how do you get smarter on doing shows for punk bands? And one way is for the promoters to realize that, Yes, they want to, you know, the bars and everything and the clubs want to keep people there because they want to, you know, there's more people staying and more people having you know, drinks and enjoying the night and all that stuff at the show. But um, I think we got to revise how we do things. And DBL has just started to say we won't go on past 10 o'clock. Like we're, we're going on at 10 and off at 11, you know, and that's it. So, so we've just started to be kind of, you know, serious about that. And, and I think that's what don't sleep and everybody else should start doing too. Um, and I think hardcore has been guilty of trying to act like we're all 19 year olds on a Friday night, every night. <laughs> and, um, that's, that's, that was cool. And in, on a Friday night in Boston in 1982, but, um, not so much anymore. So, um, I think we need to, um, to revise that. So, so I think as far as why these bands are all doing that, man, it could just be something in the water. I don't know. Um, it's just great to see, uh, sort of creativity surge, um, you know, and, and bands being creative and coming together. And um, the old guard, you know, what, what we bring to the table is, is, you know, a lot of experience and knowledge and, and training in what we do, whether that's a guitar player or a singer like, like Brian McTernan or, 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 you know, whoever, you know, your, your example of choice is. Um, yeah. You know, Jim, Jim, uh, Vidor from Don't Sleep, man, the guy is a perfect mix of thunder and finesse. I mean, he is, he reminds me of, of a John Bonham or a, um, you know, I don't know, a Neil Peart or whoever, you know? And so, so that's because Jim Vidorf is in his forties and has been playing for decades and really got great at his craft, you know? And so, so, so when you see Jim Bedorf play for Don't Sleep, you're watching a really masterful drummer. Um, and that's because of, you know, being, you know, having that experience. So, so I think you need the, the combo of, of, the, of the veteran guys who are, you know, pretty damn good musicians, hopefully, if they're still doing it by now. And then mixed with the energy and enthusiasm that we've all had, you know, since, since Hardcore started. So if you can marry those two up, you're, you're in pretty good shape. 
Yeah, it's a, you, you mentioned a lot of a lot of good points there. I love the idea of 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 refining the show process, but uh, and also the uh, the you know the the, the kind of obvious thing that even though nobody really says it is the the guys who have been around forever, you got to be better at your instruments by now, right? You got you got to be like look, hardcore was one of those things where you can play it if you don't really know how to play your instrument, but if you if Vinny Vinny Stigma's got to know how to play guitar by now, right? You know, he's getting... <laughs> yeah. Well, but but see, what stigma brings to the table among many charisma. things, he brings a lot. But charisma out the you know wazoo, right? And yeah. then, but plus just uh, you know the energy, and I guess that's part of charisma. But you know the whole the whole thing, and and he's again, I think uh, AF has great players. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Sil- Silverman, I mean, yeah. Mike is, Mike is yeah. Craig, I mean they're they're phenomenal, and uh, obviously you know Roger is Roger's a, a you know. A, hardcore hall of fame first rounder um for front men so um you know so so they're great so but i think there are some bands that that you know maybe just and that's okay right it's okay to not be great and just do it for fun oh yeah it's like part of it do, yeah. yeah when i do um a drawing right i'm i'm okay i'm pretty bad you know but yeah. i like drawing sometimes and i'll try and sketch an idea out of you know visually it usually is pretty bad, but I have fun with it, and that's cool, you know. And so, so not everybody is meant to be doing everything, um, but but most of the old guard, I feel like, that are still doing it, or you know, have got something that they've they've practiced and gotten really good at their art. So, um, yeah, I, I think the old dogs still uh, still can bark. Well, I think you're right, and I think uh, I think you yourself in Don't Sleep and Turn the Tide is a great example of that. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's, I mean, it's just, you're exemplifying what you're saying about other people. Um, so, so, and, and, and as a, as a, as a fan of yours, your output has been it, over, over how long has it been now? When was it? When's that first record you came out with? Um, I think my first record was 82, 83, somewhere, probably 82 ish, 82 for, uh, for a brotherhood. I think. <laughs> so that's what, almost 40 years now. Yeah, that's crazy to think about, but yeah, I think that's right. 82, 92, 02, 12, almost twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. That's so, that's that's nuts and incredibly impressive. And you still got the voices. There's a distinct Dave Smalley voice. I know when I'm listening to a Dave Smalley record. Anyway, I, I just want to say again, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, Turn the tide is great. It's been out now for thank you so much. What a couple a couple weeks, and um, and I hope it's I hope it's being well received. Thank you uh, very much for doing this. Sorry to interrupt, Madeline. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Thank you so much. That means a lot. You know, um, I'll tell you one thing Just my, my parting words of, uh, yeah. encouragement to people is, you know, have, have fun in life, believe in yourself, um, and work hard. You know, you got to have all three of those. You got to have fun doing what you're doing. You got to believe in yourself because sometimes you're the only one that does. And then, and then you got to work hard. Like you talked about, like we talked about earlier, to, to get better at your craft, whatever it is, whether you're, you know, an accountant or an astronaut or a, or a, you know, custodian or whatever you are in life, everything's good. There's no one thing better or worse than another, but you know, like think about a doctor who just kind of got C's all through med school and then kind of never read another doctor book in his whole career. You know, that, that that's not the doctor you want. No, right? I'm not going and, to him. You know, yeah, you're not going to him. So, so how do you how do you you know become to, to be that doctor that that is the is the acknowledged you know leader in his or her 
field, um, it takes a lot of work. And, yeah, and yeah. so I think whatever you do, you doing your podcast, I'm, I'm totally, I would bet a steak dinner that your first podcast to yes. now you're, you're, you've, you've, you know, done quantum leaps in Absolutely. capability. Yeah. You know? So, so, so whatever it is in life that one does, um, both for fun and, and for profession, um, work hard, believe in yourself and don't forget to have a little fun and, um, the fire will be there if you do all those things. Well, I can't argue with any of that. Thank you again, Dave. And, uh, uh again, hey, I, I appreciate it. My pleasure. Hey, my pleasure. And thanks so much for, uh, the kind words about the don't sleep album. I'm super proud of the guys and, um, and really the reactions have been super great. So, um, looking forward to if uh, the world lets us, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll hit the stage as soon as we can. Ah, so am I. Can't wait to see it. All right, Dave. Thanks, man. So there you go. That was my conversation with the legendary Dave Smalley of Don't Sleep. Um, the song that you just heard there at the end was No Other Way. That's the second track off of Turn the Tide. Um, hopefully we've uh, piqued your interest enough, if you haven't checked that record out, to go check out the rest of it. It's worth your time, especially if you're a fan of a hardcore, melodic hardcore, hardcore punk, whichever brand of hardcore you like to call it. It all sounds the same. Um, well, remote, <laughs> relatively. Um, you know what I mean. Uh, I hope you will go listen to that whole record and give it a shot. It's well worth your time. Now, that's it for this week. It's been a lot. I'm glad you've been with me, but we did it, all right? We made it through a a longer episode in Getting It Out podcast, and I think it was a really fun one. I enjoyed my conversation with both these guys, two guys from two entirely different uh, eras, I could say, Um, but, uh, but both in the world of hardcore and uh, both with a microphone in their hand and still saying something. And uh, that's that's something that's very cool and unique about them, about people like this. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything profound to say. I don't got to push it. All right. Um, all right. So that's going to be it for this one. Um, you can do the usual. Go to at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast on Instagram. That's usually the only place where stuff goes up. Maybe some Facebook.com slash getting it out podcast. And uh, there's at getting it out pod on Twitter. But that doesn't get a lot of action. Um, getting it out.net is still coming. <laughs> eventually it's on the way so keep an eye out for that um you can be sure i will spam the shit out of everybody when that finally happens um okay that's it for this one i gotta figure out a song here to play at the end let me think about this no i thought about it it was an easy one let's do the new song from london's ironed out this one's called pavement strong it's fantastic thank you for listening bye-bye
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 